0: Hello, I'm Karen Alvarado, co-artistic director of Thinkery and Verse, and you're listening to Decameron 2020, a storytelling podcast putting Boccaccio's Decameron in conversation with modern pandemic experiences. In the third story of the first day, Filomena tells the story of how a man prevents his own demise by sharing the tale of the Three Rings of Saladin. This story was narrated by Anya Upstill.
1: Before Madame Nephilia ended her story, which all of the company enjoyed, it pleased the Queen that Madame Philomena go next, who began thus. The tale delivered by Nephilia makes me remember a case which happened to another Jew, and because that God and the truth of his holy faith has already been very well discoursed on, it shall not seem unfitting, in my poor opinion, to descend now into the accidents of men. Wherefore, I will relate a matter to you which, being attentively heard and considered, may make you much more circumspect in answering diverse questions and demands than, perhaps, otherwise you would be. Consider, then, most worthy assembly, that just as folly or stupidity many times has overthrown some men from places of eminence into the greatest miseries, Even so, discreet sense and good understanding has delivered many out of unpleasant dangers and seated them in safest security. To prove it true, that folly hath made many fall from high authority into poor and despised calamity may be proven by infinite examples, which now we need not remember. But how good sense and able understanding may prove to happily prevent great desolation, I will describe to you in very few words, and make it good according to my promise." Saladin was a man so powerful and valiant that his very valor not only made him sultan of Babylon, but also gave him many important victories over kings of Muslims and kings of Christians. Having in diverse wars and other magnificent employments of his own wasted all his treasure, and by some reason of some sudden accident happening to him, Standing in need to use some great sum of money, yet not readily knowing where or how to procure it, he remembered a rich Jew named Melchizedek, who lent out money for use or interest in the city of Alexandria. This man, Saladin imagined best able to furnish him, if he could be convinced to do it willingly. But Melchizedek was known to be so careful and thrifty that hardly any means would draw him to it. In the end, Constrained by necessity and laboring his wits for some apt device whereby he might have the money, Saladin concluded that, though he might not convince him to do it, yet he could devise a plan shadowed with good reason to ensnare Melchizedek, and having sent for him, entertained him very familiarly in his court, and sitting down by him, Saladin thus began. Honest man. I have heard it reported by many that you are very learned, and in cases concerning God you go beyond all others of these times. Wherefore, I would gladly be informed by you which of those three laws or religions you think to be truest, that of the Jew, that of the Muslim, or that of the Christian. A Jew, being a very wise man, saw plainly that Saladin sought to entrap him in his answer, and so to raise some quarrel against him for if he commended any one of those laws above the other he knew that saladin would get what he wanted wherefore melchisede decided to shape such an answer as might no way trouble or entangle him summoning all his senses together and aware that delaying his response to the sultan might put him in danger thus he replied my lord The question asked by you is fair and worthy, and to fully give my opinion does necessarily require some time for consideration, if it might please you to allow it. If not, let me first make entrance to my reply with a pretty tale well worth the hearing. I have oftentimes heard it reported that long ago there was a very wealthy man who, among other precious jewels of his own, had a goodly ring of great value, the beauty and estimation whereof made him earnestly desire to leave it as a perpetual memory and honor to his descendants. Whereupon he willed and ordained that among his male children, the one whom should inherit this ring, being left it by the father after his death, he and none other was to be proclaimed his heir and to be honored and reverenced by all the rest as being the prime and worthiest person. That man's son to whom the ring was left by him, kept the same course with his descendants, dealing in all respects as his predecessor had done, so that, in short time, the ring from hand to hand had a long legacy. At length, the ring came to the hand of one who had three sons, all of them goodly and virtuous persons and very obedient to their father, in which regard he affected them all equally, without any difference or partial respect." the custom of this ring being known to them each one of the sons coveting to be esteemed above the others desired as he could make best his means that his father and regard he was now grown very old would leave that ring to him whereby he should be acknowledged for the heir the good man who loved no one of them more than the other knew not how to make his choice nor to which of them he should leave the ring yet having given his promise to them each he studied by what means to satisfy them all three. Wherefore, secretly having conferred with a curious and excellent goldsmith, he caused two other rings to be made, so closely resembling the first made ring, that himself, when he had them in his hand, could not distinguish which one was the right one. Lying upon his deathbed, and his sons then coming to him, the man gave to each of them a ring, and they, after his death, each proclaiming their right to the inheritance and honour grew to great argument. Each man produced then his ring, which were truly all so alike in resemblance that no one could know the right ring from the other, and therefore legal cases to distinguish the true heir to the father continued for a long time, and so it does yet to this very day. In like manner, my good Lord, concerning those three laws given by God the Father to three such people as you have propounded, each of them do imagine that they have the heritage of God and his true law, and also also duly to perform his commandments, but which of them do so indeed? The question, as of the three rings, yet remains. Saladin, well perceiving that the Jew was too cunning to be caught in his snare, and had answered so well that to do him further violence would lead to Saladin's perpetual dishonor, resolved to reveal his need and extremity and try if Melchisedec would therein lend him money. Having disclosed the matter, and how he purposed to have dealt with Melchisedec if he had not returned so wise an answer, Melchisedec lent him as great a sum of money as Saladin requested, and Saladin repaid it back to him justly, giving him rather great gifts besides, respecting him as his special friend, and maintaining him, in very honorable condition, near to his own person."
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Decameron 2020 by Thinkery and Verse. If you liked what you heard, you can tune in to more stories from the Decameron and discussions between our storytellers right here on Buzzsprouts or wherever you download your podcasts. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. And for more from Thinkery and Verse, you can check us out on social media at Thinkery Ampersand Verse on Facebook and Thinkery Underscore And Underscore Verse on Instagram or by going to our website ThinkeryAndVerse.org Thanks for listening and be well.